Awesome to have you on as always, Mary. And jumping into it for this upcoming episode, who can we expect to be a guest on your next segment of Running on Ice? Well, we have the one and only Royce Dubauer back again. Um, it's always a pleasure talking to him. You know, this time we kind of dive into a little bit of a different take of, you know, why some of these silly precautions and things that people have, why that is so important to have in um, in your supply chain and, and in your brokerage, why those um, conversations that you have with drivers about pre-cooling your trailers and, um, you know, making sure that you pulp temperatures and make sure that everything's correct when you pick it up. And if it's not, don't load it on your truck without talking to anybody. Um, we talk about why that is so important. And because, you know, at the end of the day, that is food that's going to a, a consumer. And, you know, we do have to follow food safety protocols for everyone's safety. Absolutely. And I know that we talk about this pretty often, Mary, because when it comes to food safety, that's something that can have a massive effect if it's not handled correctly. We talk about some of these problems with shipping produce, of course, during especially prolonged times of heat, like what we're seeing right now across the Southwest and the Southeast. We're looking at companies and carriers really having to be extra careful and extra diligent about how they're handling that temperature-sensitive freight, right? When we're looking at them dealing with things like this, like prolonged heat waves, do you guys have any advice on what to do and how to really show up for your customers when you're talking about trying to deal with situations that are out of your control, like the outside temperature? So unfortunately, as we are seeing across the country, um, you know, California is having a record heat wave. Texas is just basically burning like it's a toaster. Um, There's all across the U.S. they are having unprecedented heat, which is a global warming problem for another day. But what we can do now to solve that is, you know, know where you're delivering into and where you need to pick up. So if you're delivering into California and you're delivering lettuce and it has to be a certain temperature and a certain humidity, and then maybe you go and pick up, I don't know, apples or strawberries or something that has different temperatures that it's supposed to be set at, then know what that temperature is And you should be able to know kind of about how quickly your reefer unit can cool down a trailer or get, in this case, get up to a new temperature. Uh, If it has to go up in temperature, I don't imagine that would be too difficult um, because you just open the doors for a little bit and the problem solved. Um, But the more important thing is making sure that you get it down to that cold temperature. So if you know that you need to drop it 10 degrees and your reefer unit can really only cool a couple degrees an hour, especially in 110 degree heat, then make sure that you put those pickups and drop-offs far enough apart. You don't want to have a pickup. You don't want to drop off at noon, drop off your lettuce, and then drive 20 miles away, have to go pick up produce. And that that temperature has to be 10 degrees colder. Um, you don't want to have that type of situation because then you're not going to, you're not going to have, you're not going to have enough time for that trailer to get cold enough to already be at that temperature when you go to pick it up. Because the most important thing to remember is that those trailers, they're not a, they're not a fridge, they're not a fridge, they're not a freezer. They're not going to bring the temperature down. It's going to keep everything at one consistent temperature. So it shouldn't be used as like a, a, something that you would put in your fridge to cool down for a little bit at home. It shouldn't work like that because that's where the foodborne illnesses, that contamination, and anything else can happen. Not to mention, you know, it contributes to food waste because product is more than likely to get damaged at some point. And it also increases your claims and nobody really likes that. 
Of course, no one likes those claims, Mary. I'm sure those can be such a headache. And we're looking at, of course, dealing with food. I can only imagine, like you said, some of those foodborne illnesses definitely being a thing when you see some of those changes in temperatures going down too low, then trying to course correct. When you're looking at the cold chain, how does technology really start to enter this conversation when you're looking at potentially avoiding some of that spoilage or maybe total loss altogether? As I say, technology has almost completely changed the conversation around food waste and loss and stuff like that. Because not only can you know exactly what temperature that food was, or at least what that reading, what that sensor was, you can know what that was before it was picked up in that in the logs. And then you'll also know it throughout the consistent uh, of the shipment. So if you see something go up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, then you know that that reefer is probably not running continuously. And so that's, that's on the fault of the driver. If that stuff needed to move continuously, you should see a straight line. So the visibility and data and technology components of everything is absolutely game-changing. It can dramatically decrease decrease waste. I mean, there's even some technology that can tell you when a reefer unit on a container is going to fail within like two hours and it just hasn't failed yet. So it gives you time to get in there and fix it versus in the past, you don't know that it failed until you go to unload it and you have an entire container of rotten produce or something that's completely spoiled and you didn't know about it for four to five days because it was stuck on a container ship. So it's absolutely game-changing and invaluable asset to the uh, food waste and the food supply chain. Mary, let's touch a little bit on the value of load planning when it comes to uh, reefer freight, because if you can plan loads correctly, then you can honestly help present or prevent a lot of that spoilage as well, right? And a lot mm-hmm. of that, as you mentioned, that sudden change from like a very low temperature to a little bit of a warmer temperature. Can you talk a little bit about that responsibility and how from the planning side of things you can use that to your advantage? Oh, absolutely. So if you know that you have a food shipper and they sit there and they go, okay, well, I, you know, I I have a bunch of, I have a bunch of things that happen in May, like they are a produce shipper, they harvest in May, you know, that you're going to need to have those trucks ready in May, but you might not need them in July or September or October, um, and vice versa with other, with other, um, commodities. So, the most important thing is, you know, have those realistic expectations with your shipper. I know that every shipper in an RFP likes to say they have the world's most perfect freight. They have an overabundance of it and, oh, they've got such amazing freight. But then in reality, it is not that. Um, it's, it's you know, maybe less than half the volume that they promised or whatever. So just having those transparent and open forms of communications across your shippers and your drivers, because if they're like, oh, we just don't have as much as we thought. Okay, that's cool. You can adjust that. And if that's the case, if you have a really strong carrier that delivers on time, you can adjust the loads that week. So that way you can consistently use that carrier and you're having to reduce the amount of times you can go to the spot market and open yourself up to some when it's not familiar with moving that product. Amazing insight at always, Mary. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. If people want to catch your next episode, when can they do that? Just keep watching FreightWaves TV right here. Um, you can, it'll be on at two o'clock today. And if you somehow miss it, which I don't know that you could, um, but if you do somehow miss it, you can always catch any other episode on YouTube. All right, Mary, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Bye guys. Right now we're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back.